0: This is Soul to Soul, the show with Nessie. Sub Soul fam, Nessie here. Um, Welcome to part two of the education uh, series. Uh, that I'm doing. I don't even know how many episodes it's going to be. Definitely going to be two because obviously this is the second one. Um, Hope you all are well. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Soul to Soul. And I hope you find this one really fun because I'm going to be sharing some really interesting stories of my work here in Korea as a teacher. Um, as I mentioned in my last episode, I've been working as a teacher at the academy that I'm based at for nearly three years now, uh, coming up to, well, approaching October 2020 will be my third year at this academy and I'm really enjoying it. Um, really having fun and I really enjoy the kids. Um, and I will say this, uh, the older they are, the more enjoyable they are. Um, I love young kids. I, uh, When I used to go to church when I was much younger, like I always used to look after the babies and stuff. But in terms of teaching, in terms of the temperament, the older kids are just a bundle of fun there's that sweet spot of like first grade middle school or sixth grade elementary school where they're that perfect age when they're still young and impressionable enough that you can be silly with them but then getting older that you can start cracking jokes and then get get like the sort of teenage kind of humor um But before that, they're a bit too babyish, a bit too young. And then after that, they just get a bit moody. And then just anything that you do is complete and utter rubbish to them. They don't care. You're not part of their – you're not anywhere in their focus point right now. You're not anywhere in their lives, especially as a foreign foreign teacher. (laughs) Although, to be honest, the majority of my kids, they still do enjoy me as a teacher – like even the oldest ones, I'll still uh, give them a a crack of a smile. Um, I'll dance around. I'll I'll tell terrible, terrible uh, Conglish jokes that make them angry but laugh at the same time. That gets them even more angry because they're thinking, well, why are we laughing? This is a terrible joke. Um, But it's relatively fun. Um, So uh, the first thing that I... Focus on when it comes to teaching is understanding why. Why am I teaching in the first place? What is the purpose that I have? To be honest, the reason that I came to Korea is to educate. Um, whether that's going to be educating uh, people within a, a academic sense or educating people like in a social sense, I wanted to come here to teach. Um, And just to to widen the general knowledge and understanding of society as a whole. Because Korea at the moment as a society is in this kind of transitional stage where they've established themselves as a nation and they want to spread out. They want to get get the world to see them as a global power. But at the moment it's a highly homogenous country where they don't really have any understanding much uh, more true understanding of like the general world around them so multiculturalism and all of that is not a thing that exists here um you've got east asian culture which is highly influenced by like china of course because like historically um like the language system and all that was chinese korean itself is based um with a lot of like chinese scripts and chinese words um, and then Japan, of course, because of the atrocities that's happened here, but just because of the, 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 uh, proximity of the countries as well. Um, but in terms of like Western influence, that's still only really been a thing since, uh, like the 1950s, the 1960s. So it's still relatively new, Um, And other countries coming to Korea to work with, to share entertainment, to share uh, knowledge, to share goods and all of that. That's something that's only really been happening in the past 50 years. And that sounds like a lot of time. But considering even like America itself is almost 300 years old, America as we know it of today is about 300 years old, and that's still a new country in, in relation to what's the, the overall um, history of the world, Korea is incredibly new. So I came here with probably like a mis, misplaced sense of purpose, really, to want to educate and, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the upcoming generation. Because to be honest, anything that is taught, um to people my age that can get lost because some people could be like well I don't care I mean it is what it is you you're you're at a point now where you're you're uh really well into your adult life so it's going to be difficult to change out that pattern but children are malleable children are sponges that absorb what's going on around them so they're at the perfect age to be learning new things and it's fascinating for even someone like myself who I think I don't know everything in the world, but any knowledge that I try to uh, impart on these kids, like they sit there wide-eyed and like fascinated and they're listening to um, or and trying to understand what I'm trying to say. And it's, it's marvelous. And it's just really, it's a really enjoyable feeling like going to work does give me joy despite how the distance and despite how long it takes and despite, um, the length of the work and the hours that I may be working like seeing these kids faces light up when I compliment them or I tell them they've done a good job or they they're able to work out something for themselves something that they may not have understood at the beginning but now they do it's it's a great feeling it's a really 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 good feeling and I enjoy it so um with these kids uh I I just try to you know not so much teach, teach like a teacher, teacher subject, but teach them street smarts and understanding of the world. Like for me, um, I'm not trying to get them to be like fantastic speakers of English or to be politicians or whatever. I just want them to be able to think for themselves Um, because their education system at the moment is something that's really, really like memorize this, memorize this, perfection, perfection, perfection. But I really do just want them to open up and think for themselves, and always question why. Like, in all my lessons, I always say the most important question is why. Why do we do this? Why do we have to do this? Why do you think that? Why is this right? Why is this not right? Um, and the more independent they get, like, the, the the doors start opening up, the floodgates just come through, and they start being a, more independent in their thinking, and they, they just become a lot more fun. Like um, So, I noticed that with my kids a lot and I love them. I I really do. And just thinking about them in pain or thinking about them sad or whatever just hurts me a lot. Like those kids I will fight for. I would absolutely, if anyone touched my kids or upset them or angered them, some random stranger just tries to approach them in an inappropriate manner, I would literally karate kick their butt like I will go East London on these, these mofos, yeah, I I would actually just, like my East London side will just come out, and the kind of English that I'll be saying, I'll be saying it so fast that they will not understand, but that's, that's to show you how mad, like the the East London will come out, the West Indian will come out, like the, the, the spirit of my grandmother will come out and be like, I'm, I'm not even gonna go into details because i'll just reveal myself too much anyway interesting stories what stories can i share for you that are appropriate and not damning um ah, one of my favorite stories um god bless these kids they're now no longer uh in the academy they're now getting ready to go to high school but they're one of my very first classes that i had from beginning to end like uh from when they from when they went into seventh grade all the way into uh once they left in 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 ninth grade so i had them they're my longest running class so far so um uh, I do miss them and sadly because of coronavirus, I wasn't able to say goodbye to them properly like I did in my previous years, um, but hopefully they'll come back and say hello. So we were doing a reading project. Uh, the books, we, the book we were studying was the, the classic Holes, I forgot who wrote Holes, um, but it's a book that was made into a film, like a Disney film, it starred that, what's his name? Shia LaBeouf. That's it. It, shards him, it stars it him in it. It's a really random story, but um, really random film as well. But a uh, good book to read if you're a young person and you're learning English, and um, you can get understand. Uh, so it was part a reading class and also a like presentation class, and one of the students he was trying to like come up with this word, and now that I think about it, I wonder if he like search for the word thinking that it was appropriate or whatever, or maybe the translation was dodgy because Papago as in the, the translation is kind of like Google translate for Naver. Papago. Um, it has highly inaccurate translations at certain points. And I think it's gotten better now, but certainly almost three years ago, it was terrible. So, uh, the student, lovely student, um, He came up to me and was like, teacher, teacher, I've got this word. I tried to translate it from Korean into English, um, but I don't understand it. I don't think this is the word. Uh, So I'm like, okay, uh, tell me what's the word. And he just straight out said, masturbate. I remember this was a big class. It was a class of 13. I remember the situation entirely. Like I froze I just, (laughs) I didn't know what, this was like within uh, the first two or three months of starting to teach at this academy, I absolutely froze. Like I I couldn't do anything. And there was this one girl at the back of the classroom. She was crying, laughing. She was the only one, the only one who uh, knew what this word was. And she was absolutely losing it. So, I had to be subtle like I had to explain because they asked it and now this entire class is now asking what is it what is it, what is it if I if I passed it off um they would be questioning they would ask their parents they would go around blah 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 so I'm like okay problem solving time I have to answer this question in the most you know pg-13 because they were 13 at the time way that I could so I said uh well it's an activity, it's not appropriate word because that word is the term for an activity that people may do at night. And I left it at that and I just looked at him pointedly. And I remember his eye, like after about two seconds, his eyes just went really, really wide. And I was like, oh, teacher, teacher, no, 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 that's not what I meant. I'm so sorry. No, oh, no, 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 no. And he panicked. The entire class just lost it. Yeah, uh, because they it, like it was like a wave of realization of what was said, and then everyone was like, "Oh, what, what, what did he say? What did he say? No, 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 no! Don't say, that. Say. It was absolute chaos, and to this day, that is one of my favorite class moments because it was just so silly and so uh, uncomfortable, but it kind of like loosened up the kids because they realized, ah, this could be something that we could talk to about this with this teacher. And they became a lot more open. And that's something that I will say, a lot of the students that you would have, they do feel a lot more open with the foreign teacher than they do the Korean teacher because obviously there's like Korean society and Korean values that you're dealing with um, with these kids like uh, teacher to student. But then with a foreign teacher, they're like, Oh, it's a foreign that they have different cultures, uh, different culture tasks. They have different values to us. The things that may be problematic in Korea are not as bad as it is. They're not as bad in, say, the UK or the US. So we can talk about these kind of things. So it's really interesting, really, really uh, fun to have. Another situation, and not as controversial, but as hilarious all, all the same, it uh, was, uh, about, yeah, last year, um, we had holes in the nets in the windows. So whenever you're, you, we had to always close the window because, uh, if there were holes, it was late at night, the flies would be like all hovering by the windows to try and come in. And it was hot one day. So one of my students, a really, really smart set of girls, uh, Uh, one student's like our teacher's really hot can we open the window and I was like no 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 don't open the window I'll turn on the air conditioning she's like oh no no it's fine I'm here and she opened the window and as soon as I said no don't no word of a lie about 25 flies these small tiny flies all just zoomed in into (laughs) into the room they were all like freedom yes you know how stupid flies are like they can fly in, but they can't fly out. So they were all just zooming around in panic. The entire class was bedlam. The girls were just like flailing about. And I'm just like, oh, we're in the middle of of a of, uh, uh, TOEFL pr- 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 preparation. What are you doing? Please don't. And I'm just like, okay, let me just get the fly spray. These girls like running around the classroom screaming. And I'm just like, guys, calm down. There's other classes. Let me go get the spray. Let me go. And this 30 minutes was dealing with trying to teach whacking an odd fly hair or day, spraying the classroom with, with fly spray, everyone just ducking and diving. Some of these girls are terrified of these tiny little flies. Uh, it's just absolutely, it was, it was a nightmare. And obviously with things like that, you have to be brave because you can't show the kids that you're afraid because if if you show your fear, they are going to be fearful too. They're going to even be more fearful. You are the popular... Nah, the grown figure that's to protect them. And, and then there's another story that relates to that. Um, uh, Kind of uh, a, f- a few years back, uh, one of my, f- uh, one of our baby students, I will say, uh, he, w- he was in third grade at the time. It was a mixed class of third graders and fourth graders. And I remember this big bug beetle kind of thing was in the classroom. And he was a tiny little boy, tiny, tiny, small, shy little thing. The cutest, smallest eyes you'll ever see, just like a little bowl haircut. And he never really spoke. But as soon as they as these kids saw the beetle and he saw it, he screamed and ran to me and just held on to me. And he was like, teacher, please, I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm scared. And he's 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 hiding in like trying to climb into my armpit. That's how scared he was. And I was like, OK, OK, I'll take it out. I'll take it out. Calm down, calm down. And I'm there having to soothe him because he's just sniffing. He's like, <laughs> I'm just like, it's OK. It's OK. It's fine. The bug's not going to hurt you. It's gone now. I've thrown it out in the classroom. It's gone. If I told him this story now, because he he's still in the academy. He's in sixth grade now. So he's a, he was tiny then. He's tall. He's almost my height now. Uh, really deep voice really handsome boy but if I told him the story he will not be happy about it it's like no teacher I'm not a scary cat I was not it's like you were in third grade yes of course you were a scary cat it's different now you're you're in sixth grade it's, it's and actually on that note the the level of affection that students have with their teachers is absolutely insane like Um, I think back to when I was a student and there were teachers that I liked, but in terms of affection, uh, I remember there was one teacher, Miss McCulloch, uh, God bless her. I don't know if uh, if she's still around or whatever, but she was my year two teacher. So when I was uh, five years old, five, six years old, and I adored her. And I remember when she came back, when we were in, in year six, um, about three weeks before we were leaving, and she came back to say hello. And the joy that I felt seeing her, the joy that my entire class felt, and we were small at the time, so there was kids who didn't know who she was because we were a class of about, I think, 10, if I remember correctly, about 10 or 11 kids because that year, the year that I joined the school, it was, it was previously only one class per year but the year I joined, they started getting, like, two classes per year. So the, our class was really quite small. And then it, get, it got bigger and bigger and bigger. But then seeing her again, I remember just running into her arms, me, this big 11-year-old, thinking I'm a big woman. And I was just so happy. Like, everyone else was so happy. We were just all like, "Where have you been, Ms. McCullough? We've missed you. <laughs> we only had her for one year. But she made, like, such a big deal about you know on – like in her lives. So it was really quite sweet, but I was the only teacher. Um, and it wasn't everyone as well, but some of these kids, they're so affectionate. Like, um, uh, some of the, I remember one girl, like when she was shy and she didn't want to do a presentation, she would literally just climb into my lap and hide. Um, uh, boys like acting like one way but all the time like teacher help me please like pouting really acting really cute holding my hand um just like leaning in just just wanting hugs and attention like even my older student the girls would like give me snacks or have conversations we would talk about girl stuff like understanding life and all that the boys uh, once they once they stop being moody, like around eighth grade, they stop uh, they they are moody. Once they get into ninth grade, they kinda of understand who they are a bit better. And even they start acting cute or start start acting uh like conversational. And it's just like there's what there's this one student who I have who never really used to speak to me in the past because he was just really quite shy. But now he speaks to me all the time. He sees me and he walk and he would walk directly to me and just like just for attention. And most of the time it's like, teacher. Yes. Yes. Student. I forgot my homework. And then I pretend to beat him up, (laughs) but they love that. They love the attention. They, they, they like, and it seems difficult and it seems strange, but the minute that you create that repertoire of like control, like you are the teacher. If I talk, I I would never shout at my students well, maybe I'll shout like to get their attention to like, stop, like stop what you're doing. But if I'm angry, I just pause and I do my best West Indian parental, like I am disappointed. And oh my goodness, like you could hear a pin drop. It's really uncomfortable for the kids. I get upset. The kids get upset. They get really teary eyed. Like, because I just said, I was like, guys, you are letting me down here. Because I'm trying to do these things for you and you're just being disrespectful. That's not nice. I I don't like that at all. That that's really upsetting. And and they get upset as well. And once we establish that kind of boundary, then they get it. Then they understand. Then there's there's like ing and throwing. And um I, I would say there's only one class out of all the classes that I teach. I'm at the moment I teach about uh 10 classes 10 11 classes there's one class that's really like really difficult and it's mostly a group of uh eighth grade boys who are just all in that age group of like difficulty and blah but actually they're they're not inappropriate which is nice because the The group of boys before them, when they were in eighth grade, oh my goodness, they were so inappropriate, just sexual terms all the time in English and in Korean, talking about all sorts of things that, to be honest, we used to talk about when in school as well, but we would talk about it amongst friends, like we wouldn't say it out loud in front of the teacher, because obviously the teacher would be like, go to the principal's office or whatever. So I think these kids feel like they can get away with it, but... I mean, they're, they're not bad in that sense. It's just like attitude and respect. They're quite low level as well. They're not the best English speakers. And a lot of them, I feel like they, they're they there because their parents want want them to be there. And that's that's quite a difficult thing to teach if they don't have the interest, if it's just like running the mill, doing what they do because they have to do it kind of thing. Um, but the ones who who do want to be there, who have a goal... Who want to achieve something, they pay attention, they listen, they join in, they make it a great class. Actually, I, I, I there isn't like a group of kids who I really don't uh, don't look forward to teaching. Um, it, it, and it, it, it can be difficult to maintain order and decorum, and to maintain also like the energy that you need. Um, especially if it's a quiet class or a shy class or it's a class who just aren't really 100% in it. But I still love my job and I, I do adore these kids. And I think about all of them, even the ones that have left long ago, I still wonder how they're doing. Um, some of the students who I haven't seen in a long time, like speaking about them, them now, I see their faces in front of me and I just wonder how they're doing in in high school or in middle school, if they they left uh, during um, the transition between elementary to middle school, just whatever they're doing, I just hope that all my kids are fine and I continue and I'll continue to do the work that I'm doing to educate those kids of the future and whoever else that I may be educating in the future. Um, I love my job and I love what I do. And I love the kids, and I hope that whatever I teach them in these short few years that I have with them, that it it helps build the foundation for them to grow into great and marvelous adults in the future and do what they want to do. That's it, really. I don't know if I can drag on this education topic anymore. Um, maybe i'll do one in the future about like actually applying to uh academies and schools uh maybe i'll i'll have like a conversation once the corona situation is down uh with uh some of my friends who also teach and just have a group conversation that way cuz i think that'll be interesting um possibly we shall see but anyway, that's it for today's episode. Thanks so much for listening, guys. As always, I can't do this without you. It's all about your support and it's all about um, your feedback and everything. And you've been sending me so much feedback and support, which is great. Um, uh, so don't forget to check me out on my other social medias. Uh, check out my YouTube channel, Soul to Soul. Check out my Facebook, again, Soul to Soul, to Soul or, or official Soul to Soul. I'm also on Instagram. And on Twitter as Soul Nessie. Um, also on Tic Tac. my goodness, TikTok, um, very sporadically. Um, because that takes effort <laughs> to actually do. Um and to be honest, if I if it wasn't for the fact that um we're stuck in the house, I probably would do a lot more content. But hey ho. But yes, please don't forget to follow all of my different social medias. And uh, I will catch you all on the flip side. Thanks so much, Soul Fam, And I'll speak to you later on. Laters. And if you liked that episode of Soul to Soul, why not subscribe and follow this podcast on whatever streaming service you were using to listen. I'll see you in the next episode. Slaters.